Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Expert to Authority Show. My name is Simone Vincenzi, and I'm your host. It's great to have you back today. We are talking about outsourcing and how you can improve your life balance as an entrepreneur uh, by outsourcing, in particular using VAs, uh, is a topic that I love to explore because we've been using VAs for many years. And in particular, our guest today has a lot of experience from the VA point of view, from the to the entrepreneurship point of view. So then we can explore, we can explore both. A uh, couple of housekeeping before we get going. Um, number one is if you haven't subscribed to the show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any other incredible episode. And also check out the show notes because I uh, got a few things for you. Uh, one in particular is our webinar conversion kit. Uh, you know that webinars are still the best way to get uh, clients uh, in your business, particularly if you're selling services, uh, coaching, consulting, training. Uh, and a lot of people don't know how to create webinar presentations that are designed to convert. So check it out. It's only $30 and it will give you a template, which is slide by slide on how you can create a high converting presentation. So check it out. We have some bonuses included, only $30, and the link is in the show notes. Now, it's time to introduce our guest. In fact, she's an expert in creating systems and business optimization, which leads uh, to what everyone wants more of, which is time freedom. She's the creator of a virtual assistant certification and the founder of a VA placement agency. We're going to talk about achieving work-life balance, delegating tasks to virtual assistants, for personal and professional fulfillment. Please welcome Molly Rose Speed. Uh, good to see you, Molly Rose. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, we're going to talk about outsourcing. Uh, but first of all, what is uh, your tool that uh, you cannot live without? Uh, you share yours, I'll share mine. Yeah, so a project management tool that I can't live without, that I basically force all my clients to use, is called Asana. It, allows you to delegate tasks, set ownership, due dates, hold people accountable, converse without using your inbox. I, I think it's great. And what the beautiful thing about it is the free version can take you really far. I'm still using it five years later. So highly oh. recommend. Yeah, but that's what I want to ask you. It's like, why Asana compared to others? Because there are so many project management so many. I, I just fell in love with this one and I have tested a lot of them. I'm kind of like you, a, a, an app, online app junkie. <laughs> <laughs> so personal preferences yep personal preference i love it i think it's a uh, it's clean it's easy to use and it's easy to skill transfer so i'm able to, to teach people how to use it pretty quickly all right check it out uh, uh disclaimer Rosanna is not sponsoring this episode so there is no affiliate links you can just go and check it out and see if it is the right project management tool for you uh my tool is actually i've been exploring with whatsapp bots uh recently uh, integrating webinars uh, uh, with a WhatsApp bot to send automated reminders uh, and uh, um, uh, follow-up sales messages. And I love it, absolutely love it. It's called Wati, W-A-T-I, Wati. It's an application uh, which integrates with a WhatsApp business account as a WhatsApp API, and it allows you to create WhatsApp sequences, uh, automated responses, uh, and it allows also your team talking about VAs. You get a VA to manage your WhatsApp inbox. You can now also have conversation with potential clients. So check it out. Uh, the link is going to be in the show notes. That's mine. Uh, what? Uh, all right, now that the tools, uh, we shared our tools, uh, we are here to talk about outsourcing. 
Um, before we go into the do's and don'ts uh, of uh, hiring VAs, uh, what people can expect, what are the best ways, just some of the things we will talk about today. Uh, how did you get into this field? Uh, why? Yeah, so about 13 years ago, I was 25 something. And uh, I, I realized really quickly at a young age, I think I was lucky enough to realize this, that corporate America, as we call it here, is just not wasn't going to serve me. I, the, the one thing that was lacking was time freedom. And uh, so I quit cold turkey, quit the corporate finance job and started what we all know now as a virtual assistant. Back then, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't as prevalent. The four hour work week by Tim Ferriss had like basically just come out. Um, and that was for outsourcing overseas. Right. So I'm like, what am I doing? I'll just figure this out. And I became a professional virtual assistant and spent at least seven years, still 13 years later, learning everything I could about serving the online entrepreneur. And I just fell in love with it. And along the way, I had so many peers seeing what I was doing. You know, I travel the world, work from a hostel, take all these cool photos, live life on my terms and and love the work that I was doing and like, I want to do what you do. So I created a certification program called Virtual Assistant Academy, professionalizing the space for virtual assistants. And then about four years ago, uh, our placement agency was born. And so now we have a full service training certification and placement agency for virtual assistants. Uh, I love it. And I want to direct first uh, everyone to the show notes. We'll talk about more about that later towards the end. But if you want to have an assessment later too, to help you prioritize uh, what tasks you could outsource in your business as an entrepreneur, um, uh, Molly, Molly Rose has created this uh, uh, assessment, which is called, which you can find at virtualassessmentacademy.com forward slash outsourcing guide. There's a guide to help you prioritize uh, what tasks you outsource. Uh, so check it out. The link is in the show notes. We'll talk about uh, more about that uh, yeah. later on. Um, but, so the question I have for you now, before we go into a bit more details, why do you think the VA space needed to be professionalized? What, what did you see to get into this status mission? Yeah, so I think for, for a long time, and I still hear it now, I, there's so many stories out there of people that have been burned by hiring the wrong virtual assistant. And it, it can be an expensive cost, right? So they're like, oh, I tried it. It set me back two months or it cost me over $1,000 and it just didn't go well. And I just hear all these horror stories and I'm like, what is going on? And then I started really paying attention to what I was seeing on social media and virtual assistants and what they were pitching that they could do. And it's not there. They're, they're just picking. It's like I always say a photographer picks up a camera and they become a photographer. It's like we pick up a laptop and we're a virtual assistant. And there's so much more that, that goes into it. And I argue that, you know, entrepreneurs, they're usually their first hire is a virtual assistant. And it's usually becomes one of the most integral parts of your business. They're the gatekeeper. They're the front of the house. They're the person that's your right hand for several years until you can scale up to grow your team. Uh, so I, I saw a huge need in, in making sure that what people were getting as a virtual assistant was actually true. And they were with you i'm 100 with you i think i had all all the possible things that could happen maybe not all but a lot of the possible things that could happen with vas uh, by having them disappearing from one day to the other with oh, all yeah. the access to getting paid up front and not showing up and not doing any work or them saying yes i can do something for not being actually able to do it uh, all, all this in between 
Uh, and I'm curious for, for your perspective, because when you're finding virtual assistants, you can find, uh, and I think there is a dilemma for a lot of people sometimes, shall I hire someone local uh, or maybe from my own country, or maybe like a US virtual assistant or someone, in my case, the UK, or shall I go overseas, maybe hire someone from Philippines, uh, from India, um, where from South Africa, where I know actually I'm going to pay less. So right. what's your view on that, on that side? Yeah, I think that there's two different levels, I'd say, of virtual assistants. Not to say that overseas VAs can't excel to what a US-based or a UK-based virtual assistant can do, but the the I'd say UK, US-based, Canadian virtual assistants, you're really getting a trusted partner, right? You get to know them, you're on Zoom with them. Um, the trust level seems a little bit higher than when you're hiring someone overseas, as well as the communication barrier sometimes. I'm not saying everyone, but in general, um, that's what happens. So I find when I'm outsourcing to places like the Philippines or Pakistan or Bangladesh or down south, wherever it is, I have to be very, very specific about what I am outsourcing. For example, I want to guide with these colors, this font, this copy, here's the photo stock, basically do it for them. They just have to pretty it up versus in the US or UK, you're saying, here's my vision of what I want this to look like. Here's some copy, go for it, right? Just a simple tasks that I'm using as an example there. So a lot less um, guidance can be given, a lot more trust in the execution, and then they can kind of grow and scale with you. What, what do you think this comes down to? Is that like background, experiences? Um, uh, what do you think this comes down to, this, this difference? In general, I think that a lot of it's the the culture and the language barrier. I think that that's a huge proponent of it. Um, and then the education level, just innately coming out of the States or coming out of UK, Canada, I think is a lot different. Um, I find that a lot of the virtual assistants are college educated or beyond that just want the flexibility and it's a little bit different overseas. Um, but And I, I think you just have some different level of communication and trust from the beginning. So it just works out far too many times. My outsourcing to the Philippines is an example where I have to go through three, four, five VAs to find the, the, the golden ticket. What, and, and it's great when you can do that. It just takes a little bit more time. And so that's. I, I agree with you, you know, and uh, as you mentioned, this is a general point of view. It's like you can, yeah. find, you can always find a, a gem or you can always find a person that has a perfect English, that their background is great, that can get your vision. But I think that it comes down to a lot of like cultural differences as well, where you don't have to explain the elements of your culture to yeah. someone that is part of the same culture and speaks the same language. Um, and, and they both have a place. Uh, they, both, yeah. they, they have a place as we are discussing. So now that we have put this out of the way, because I know uh, I, I wanted to address this because I know it's a conversation that many people don't want to have, but actually they always ask in private. So I'm like, oh, yes. let's actually have this conversation. Let's let's talk about it. But when you're outsourcing, when you're finding a VA, uh, what are some of the best practices at this point? Because, uh, you know, you can I know people that had incredible success with their VAs doesn't matter where they were from, whether they were local or abroad, and people that had car crash experiences. So that's the look at some of the best practices. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll start at the beginning, and that starts with the entrepreneur or business owner that's doing the outsourcing. 
the reason they're hiring a virtual assistant in the first place is because they're overwhelmed, right? They're so overwhelmed that they don't even have time to get the virtual assistant. So that's a problem in its own that you have to really take the time to set aside. And then you have to become really clear on what you need and why you need a virtual assistant. We have a lot of clients coming in and they're just like, why? I'm so overwhelmed. Well, we have to spend a whole, you know, consultative hour with them, pulling out of them what they actually need, what systems they have in place, what they need in place. What is, what are, what kind of virtual assistant do we need for you? Um, so I think that that's it's like writing your own job description. I think that's super important. Knowing little things like what time zone are they in, if that's important. Do they need to answer the phone? Do they need to be available for email certain hours of the day, team meetings? Do they need to know um, these six different softwares? Are they a Microsoft user or are they a um, Google Drive user? Whatever that looks like. So all those little things make up the unique person that's going to work for you really well. So that's the first thing. And then when you go to onboard your virtual assistant, just like I said, you you don't have the time to hire them in the first place, but you have to make sure when you're onboarding someone, this is one of the biggest breakdowns I see in the client virtual assistant relationship is not having a professional onboarding experience. So I recommend 60 day onboarding period that starts with a really good deep dive where you're bringing this person onto your team and I don't care if it's just you, it's, it's your business, your baby, and you're bringing someone into it. So they better know your vision, know why you're doing what you're doing, what your services are, who your client is, all of that cultural stuff of your business is very important. And don't look past that because it'll just strengthen the relationship and their ability to really support you. Um, and then also have a call just dedicated to password handover. You know how frustrating it is when you're a VA and you're trying to log into someone and the two-factor authentication happens and your client's out of town and a week goes by. I mean, I can see, yeah, <laughs> that's super important. Um, and then from there for the, the following six to eight weeks, have those weekly check-ins, have those, you know, beginning of the week, what, what needs to be done on both sides of the, the team, right? You and the VA, because there's things that they're going to execute that they need you to do something first. That needs to be recognized. And then at the end of the week, what went well? What did we get done? What needs to be improved on? Start that process early because it's way easier to start doing that than to go backwards. So that's just a few of the, the things. I'm kind of rambling. So if you have some questions. I'll unpack a few things because there was yeah. in there. So number one, you have your your list your checklist what kind of person you're looking for i don't know if you ever had experience with this but people wanting to find this like fictional character that is able to be detail oriented that is creative that has a great eye for design that is also attention to detail that can uh, do contracts at the same time it's great. the unicorn <laughs> i'm like this person doesn't exist <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, if it existed, they will probably you know, the, yep. the DNA, anyway. So, it's, uh, what what do you have to say about like the expectations that the people have? Yes. Um, so that's this is a great topic. So um, that's why I think we 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 get really clear on what the role will entail, knowing that the person's probably going to grow into that, right? So can they do? 25 to 30% of this now, and you find a good quality, great person that you mesh well, no, 
you know, I, when I started 13 years ago, I didn't know what I know now. I grew as my clients grew. So I think that's the key to kind of look at. Could this be a person that's going to help me figure this out as we go and is willing to learn and have them grow into it? And then you have that person on your team that's helping you scale. So make sure that you're, you're clear about what kind of things you want to outsource, what kind of personality as well. You mm -hmm. to, oh, yeah. You're looking for people of different personalities based on the tasks that you want to outsource. Um, you, you mentioned also about the boarding process, about a yeah. 60 day boarding process. Someone hears that and it's like, oh, my God, like I need to spend 60 days on board. First. <laughs> can I just give them the task and say, hey, can you go around with it? Uh, yeah, you certainly can. What I'm trying to instill in in the virtual workspace is is more than that. Like it's not just a person that's your tasker. It's a person that's a part of your team that wants to. You want this person to care about your business just as much as you do. That's like sweating it if the email went out wrong with the wrong name or, um, you know, oh my gosh, we have this big project. I'm so excited to see what the results are. That doesn't happen just by tasking someone. So you will get far better results if you bring them into the fold. Um, and, and just kind of welcome them into your business and grow small, gr you know, grow slowly together. And I see great success. I know uh, that's, that's the thing that key, what you said here, which is uh, no like task dumping, because if yeah. you see someone as a task dumper, they will treat you accordingly. It's like, well, you're dumping tasks on me, so you don't value me. As soon as I find something better, then I'm going to move to exactly else, uh, because I don't care enough to stay but yeah spending time with them and you get to know them uh, they become part they get to know you and your business and they actually start caring they're more likely to stick along for a longer period of time so what, what i'm hearing you're saying is an investment of time yeah. that you're putting in these 30 days you yeah your your retention will be far longer than you probably would have ever expected you know i've had clients for seven years and that's what i'm starting to see my va teams do with their clients um and also we all know in business things come up stuff hits the fan and you're like oh I, oh my gosh and you need someone they're gonna be there for you if you if you treat them the right way yeah 100 and let's talk about the last thing which you, which you mentioned which was that that review like the check in the beginning of the week and the, the review at the at, at the end of the week uh, do you have any tip to make this uh, like start and end like effective from best practices or things that you're doing maybe from your experience of working with your clients? Yeah, yeah. So all clients are different. Some want to hop on the call a call on Monday morning and Friday morning, right? Let's start the week and end the week. Some are like, wow, we don't have time for that. Um, so I really recommend at least one Zoom call, even if it's 15 minutes, that happens before Tuesday at noon where you really get into the rest of the week. Um, just kind of going over what's on each other's plates. Use, using a tool like Asana can be really, really good for this and having due dates and realistic what's going on in your personal life, what's going on in your work life to, to maybe get in the way. Just having that conversation basically clears up the expectation that things are going to get done. Um, and then at the end of the week, you can look back and assess why are things red? What happened? Did we overcommit? what got in the way um, and it just keeps the communication open and the accountability there and and if you set that accountability from the beginning it's far easier than doing it later they're gonna it will come through as aggression versus this is just how it's always done so i find that being really valuable uh, and and as you mentioned like people they want to operate in different ways but at least having that points of contact doesn't matter how you want to have it but definitely one of these points being a call 
that will make a huge difference and set the tone, set the tone for how you're going to operate with it so that it becomes part of your routine. Yeah. And, and I got to say also, it's not just useful for your VA, it's also useful for you. Because, yeah. by, like, you, you know, as entrepreneurs, we have so many things in our mind um, and so many projects that we are responsible for that actually having the task to report to someone else, I find personally, when, oh, I, yeah. when I have to tell my assistant what she has to do or when we are discussing what tasks do we have, it helps me clarify my priorities as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you're way more productive when you have someone that you is you're holding accountable. As weird as that sounds, but it's it's like, well, I don't want to waste this resource or their time or their hours. I have to be ready for them to execute. So yeah, makes us yeah, all efficient. I, I had to force myself to think a few steps ahead, mm -hmm. and I to be last minute that bloody calm. I'm like the last minute of the last minute of the last minute. So it has been a, it has been a stretch. Big stress for me to go into that, but it, it helped. It helped massively. Yes. So, what kind of tasks do we can we outsource? Can we outsource like anything and everything at this point? <laughs> when you're getting the VA. Yeah, just about, you know, and that's where I have conversations with the VAs. I'm like, you're no longer a VA if you're web designing, right? You're a web designer. Um, but a lot of virtual assistants, the ones that I train, we 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 get take on those general tasks. So. I call them gatekeepers, but managing your inbox before you even touch it, scheduling to a T, everything's perfect. Your Zoom links are there. Your notes are there. The person's invited. They've been confirmed. All of that stuff can be taken off of your plate. Travel booking, um, email manage or like email marketing, setting broadcasts or putting forms on your website for intake, responding to inquiries that come in for business. There's, there's tons of doing research for you, tracking your engagement online, what's working, what's not, um, being the point of contact for any of your direct messages online. I mean, there's tons of stuff. And then as the virtual assistants gain more knowledge, that's where I see them start to specialize. They might become great at online course creation or, or funnel creation or websites, as I mentioned, or podcast production, and they can kind of start to niche into what they want to do. So that's, that's cool too, that you just know that a general virtual assistant, as I mentioned at the beginning, can kind of also develop those skills that I mentioned at the end, just give them the chance to start to learn with you. Yeah, uh, I, I like uh, what you said is like setting almost like the foundation first of outsourcing those tasks that anyway, they're always there. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of, uh, kind of they happen in the same way and having someone else that can take them off your plate. Yeah. Like booking, scheduling meetings, responding to emails and managing the inbox. So uh, all these things, they already, just if you use a VA for just that part, I is going to give you back at least 10 hours a week yeah at least because by the time you go in puff around message this person respond to this other email we schedule this meeting uh something simple as that at least 10 hours a week they're they're back they're back in they're, they're back in your play i think is uh it is a good time also to remind everyone about um, uh, the resources that you have which is the outsourcing guide which you can find at virtualassistantacademy.com forward slash outsourcing guide. The link is in the show notes or in the description if you're watching this on YouTube. And that's uh, where you can also find what tasks should you uh, outsource right now, right? Is that what yeah. you're for? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, one of the, the best things to do is just walk through all the things that are on your plate and 
whether that takes you a day, a week or a month, depending on the cadence of your business, you'll start to realize, wow, this is all the things that I do. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing to really scale this business. And people do this for years and they realize how much time they're wasting. So this guide will walk you through kind of getting all of that out of your head, as well as a bunch of suggestions of things that VAs can do for you that you're probably not aware of. And then you can start to prioritize what you need to outsource first. All right, make sure to check it out. It's virtualassistantacademy.com forward slash outsourcing guide. Um, now, I, I want to ask you, where do you start in terms of hiring a VA? Because yeah. there are multiple places to start. So one of these could be actually your agency. But yeah. where is the starting point? Yeah, so once you get clear, uh, there are so many places to find virtual assistants. There's agencies like mine, virtualassistantmanagement.com. There's uh, places like Upwork or Fiverr. And you've probably heard of those. And that's probably where people are like, oh, I've tried this. I've tried this. But if you need a very specific thing done, I really recommend going there. For example, I need a, a video cut or I need um, a guide created with very strict direction. That's a great place for that. Um, I'm a firm believer of using your network. I think that there are amazing people one or two degrees away from us. So if you're clear on what you need and you're sharing it with your buddy that you're having a beer with on a Friday or a networking event, you're like, hey, you know, I'm looking for a virtual assistant. Nine times out of 10, you're probably going to get that email from someone that's like, hey, I met so-and-so, heard you're looking, would love to meet with you. It happens all the time. Um, and then lastly, if you feel like opening the floodgates and putting this post on social media, you can certainly do that. Just be prepared to have a lot of intake, right? A lot of uh, probably job applications that might flood you. So be very specific with how you want people to apply if you're going to do it that way. So, and, and how... So there you have a few different ways. Mm -hmm. How do you filter? Is there a way for someone to filter from the get-go? Uh, who is going to be someone who is more likely to be the right person? And of course, you never know if it's the right person if you try, right? But is there a way to scout before you jump on a call with someone or filter for application that you found that really works? Yeah. So I always put something at the end of the job application, like email me with this subject line and make it something really obscure, like pink unicorn waiting for you or something, right? Like something that's just, they had to have paid attention to the details. So make their first job interview part, how they're going to actually reach out to you to book a call for, or to send your resume over. So whatever guidelines you want them to do. Like, please include this, this, and this. Please include, if you're doing social media graphics, have them give you a portfolio. You know, you can ask to show your work. It's a lot easier when it's something that's visual versus creating a funnel or something like that. Um, so I think that's a good way to do it. And then you can also start slow. So you can say, you know, hey, for the first month, I'm investing you know, 10 hours of time. This is the two tasks I want you to work on. And this is, then we'll be able to kind of go from there. So it, there's ways to kind of get comfortable with it before you pull on, bring someone in. Yeah, so you don't have to commit to hire someone full-time straight away. No, no, and nor, no. Right. Go ahead, please. And nor do you have to ever hire someone full-time. So the other beautiful thing about hiring a virtual assistant is, um, fractional assisting, right? You can, I argue you shouldn't hire someone for less than five hours a week, 20 hours a month, and then just go up from there. So for just five hours a week, you can get a lot done. Um, and 
so that doesn't break the bank as much as having to hire a part-time or full-time person to be on your team. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I remember even when I started with my virtual assistant, we started with uh, five hours a week. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we are doing. Uh, I know mainly because that's what all the money that I had. I couldn't afford more. Right. Yeah. And, and then we moved it to ten hours a week, and then twenty hours a week, and then moved it to full time. Um, and uh, then we've been working together since. And so it's. Uh, Awesome. Yeah, it can create great, great partnership. And in particular, when you find the right person that really cares about your business and you care about them and their development, it, it, it become such a pillar of every every team of everything in your business. Um, I have now a last question before we wrap up, which is uh, almost like a scenario that I like to ask this question that people ask privately, but they don't generally talk publicly. Which is uh, what happened now if uh, the VA that you've trained, you've done your three months of onboarding and you've trained and maybe you've been working together for six, eight months. They, they started becoming, getting some, some good responsibility, going to a stride. Then they say, thank you very much. I found another role. Goodbye. Yeah. And now left back to square one after spending the time having trained someone. And that's definitely happened that anyone had hired anyone anywhere. Person, physical person in the office. We all had to go through this, which is incredibly frustrating and annoying. Uh, Still got PTSD for some situations, but how do you deal with that situation or help you prepare? So that you feel like left in Yes. So we call this the human element of this. And I have to deal, you know, we all have to deal with it. Anyone that hires anyone. Uh, So a few things and you can, I I also say to those that aren't maybe financially ready to hire a virtual assistant, you can prepare now and you can prepare while you have them. So for example, if you're doing repeatable tasks that you know, you're going to end up having an assistant do, there's a a tool called Loom. I'm sure you've probably mentioned it as you talk about the tools at the beginning. Um, And it screen records what you do for 10 bucks a month or free, but I highly recommend the $10 version. Um, Just start recording your your practices like this is how i schedule the podcast this is how i upload it into this whatever it is right for you or um and this will start creating this training deck for you so anytime someone comes in at least there's resources on how you want things done now if you have a va you've had for six months start to make that a part of their job probably three months in like hey start documenting what you're doing start sops or if you're using something like asana create the templates so every time we're doing something it's the same repeatable task i think that that can be super helpful and then the last thing i want to say is you're still the business owner so don't get so far removed from your day-to-day operations that if this person leaves you don't know what to do so at some level, know how to do the stuff that keeps your business afloat. I think that's very, very important. <laughs> yeah, the, I agree with you. There is this balance between outsourcing everything. And you, of course, you, you don't need to, to know how everything works in your business and how to do everything. But I think a foundation of the most important parts and components of your business. So you're not always relying on someone else in case you need to plug it up. That becomes really vital. Otherwise, it becomes very expensive very quickly. Yes. If you hire someone every time you need to make a like change a comma somewhere, I get ready for a lot of money to go out. Uh, and uh, if you're in that position where you're in that that kind of business, great. But otherwise, 
know how to do at least the base, the foundational parts of your business. Yes. And, and I love also your suggestion to get your VA and also to document all these repetitive tasks so that if someone leaves, then someone else can, can come in and then say, okay, mm-hmm. tutorial, here's a training, go through this, and then it can get started. So then the, the time in between is less and less every time, every time you do it. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, last question before we wrap up, is there something that uh, we should have talked about that you have not mentioned so far that would be really important in the context of hiring a VA, finding a VA, what we mentioned so far? Yeah, so I'll leave you with this. Communication is extremely important when you're working, especially with a virtual team. So what I mean by that is imagine being a virtual assistant, being tasked via Zoom, email, Google chat, uh, text message, Asana, Excel spreadsheet, you name it. And this happens. I've lived it for years. And I'm like, what is going on? So pick three very clear communication channels, one for your day-to-day I call, I call it Asana. It could be Monday. It could be whatever you want it to be. Two, pick your channel for your, your daily communication. So I like Voxer. It's a walkie-talkie app, but it could be email, you know, whatever that is for you. And the third is uh, your SOS channel. So w- when my client calls me, I know I got to answer. Something's going on, right? It protects the, the client's or it protects the VA's time to be very, very efficient. And it'll protect the client's resources because the VA won't have to disseminate all these task lists and all this crazy stuff all over. It's extremely important to have a system when you communicate. So don't look past that. Yeah, important having a system, having a good schedule of communication. Uh, so all you said, that's absolutely fantastic. And as you mentioned, the clear communication is crucial. Clear mm-hmm. communication is crucial. It will help not only to make sure that actually the person that you hire is going to do exactly what you want them to do, but also it will help with the longevity of the relationship because uh, you know the reason why if, if you work in a way that frustrates them they're going to find someone else that doesn't frustrate them as much yes uh, we can always uh, look at what we can control and how we can shop best for the people that we hire virtual assistant included um Molly Rosa, i know uh, someone is inspired and say okay it's time for me to hire a virtual assistant i would love to see maybe how i can use your services Tell more about the services that you provide uh, so then people are aware uh, that they're listening or watching the show. Yeah, so we offer a consultative approach to hiring a virtual assistant that's perfect for your team. All of our VAs are certified by me. They go through a strict training process. Uh, so we verify their work and what they do are able to do for you. So uh, we welcome you to book a 15-minute discovery call on our website, which is virtualassistantmanagement.com, and you'll get... Um, our whole process and you're, you're placed with a, a dedicated virtual assistant. It's not like a, you get some task list and you don't know who you're going to get. Someone becomes a part of your team, just like I've been echoing throughout this podcast. So would love to chat with anyone that's looking for a VA. All right. So it's virtualassistantmanagement.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find also the link in the show notes, uh, in the show notes as well. You can find the social media links as well from Molly Rose and uh, also the uh, outsourcing guide, uh, which it will help you prioritize what task to outsource first, and it's virtualassistantacademy.com forward slash outsourcing guide. Again, that is going to be in the show notes. Uh, Molly Rose, it has been a, an incredible interview. Again, thank you very much for being with us. And uh, yeah, everyone outsourcing. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> 
All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, uh, make sure you check the resources in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe. And also, if you haven't uh, left a review yet, leave us a review. Good five-star review is good for the podcast. It's good for the guest. It's good for my ego. It's good, it's good for everyone. So um, subscribe, leave us a review. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how we, you can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening and until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.